Welcome to the Hollywood Pipeline Podcast. I'm Dax Holt, joined by my wonderful co-host, Mr. Adam Glenn, who, by the way, are you, are you sweating over there? What's going on? Are you okay? Dude, I worked out this morning. I showered. I did shower. I went into the steam room before that. I just put, I go to Equinox because uh, uh, I, I go to Equinox. I'm so fancy. Dude, I, I got the best discount, but I use, since they have Equinox, they have Kiehl's Lotion. And I dumped that shit on my face. I fucking bathe <laughs> in it. So I, I'm, I'm swimming in, in fucking Kiehl's lotion on my face right now. So I'm not sweating at all. I'm, uh, I'm just well lotioned. Well, you know? I hope the $190 a month membership paid for a lot of lotion for your face. Listen, after having Dr. Miami on the podcast, I can't afford his surgeries. I can't afford the penis implant. But what I can afford is the Equinox gym membership. So I dump as much lotion on possible on I'm my gonna, face. I'm going to send you a bottle of $2 baby oil and you, it'll do the same shit. <laughs> oh, man. But I have to look good. This past week's been a fashion week in New York City. And I got to tell you, Dex, you have to see what Fashion Week is all about. I go just to troll people. I do this thing that kind of blew up and I just kind of bother. I don't want to say bother. I just ask people going in and out of the fashion shows. I just do this voice and go, who are you wearing? The designer? The designer? Is it fashion forward or fashion backwards? And the videos are just blown up. And it's I, I love it. If you don't follow Adam on Instagram, you really should because these videos crack me up. And it's literally the same shit every time. And it's still so funny. Hey, Wang, hey, Wang. And people like take you seriously. They, That's the best part about it. It's so bizarre. And there's like these fake paparazzi everywhere. And then there's just these face, fake fashion bloggers. It's so surreal and so bizarre. And then you have actual. Pretty big celebrities there. You know, you have the Paris Hilton's there. You have the Zendaya's there, Michael B. Jordan. And it's just the weirdest mix of people. And everyone takes it so seriously. But it's so stupid. Like, actually, Camille Kostek, who is uh, sports show swimsuit model, is on the cover of the SI swimsuit issue. She was at one of the fashion shows. And I kind of did it to her. I go, who are you wearing? The designer. And they don't know what's going on. Yeah. And I put it on my social media. And she DM'd me. She's like, oh, my God. I didn't know what was going on, but I see they're just messing around having fun. I said, hey, I'm sorry. I was just having a fun, dumb conversation, like just doing something stupid. She's like, yeah, it's so ridiculous. It's just such a scene that you have to play around into it. But I'm excited for today's show. I don't know. I'm wondering if our guest has actually been to Fashion Week. Uh, I don't know if that's her thing. If not, but welcome to the podcast, Miss Lauren Savan. How are you? Good, you guys. Great to be here. Thank you for having me. So Fashion are you, how crazy is it? Yeah. Have you been? Do you know what? Yes. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Sorry. Um, I've, I've, I've Fashion Weeked it up. I used to live in New York, so I used to cover it. I used to go. I used to see everybody in Bryant Park, all the models sleeping and all the uh, street walkers wearing their very best. It's a really exciting actual week in New York um, because there's so – like Adam was saying in the intro, there's so many famous people in town. Interesting. Isn't that, like, but is that – I guess what I think is like, it looks fun and it looks exciting, but I, I got to imagine being there is just probably just a clusterfuck of just craziness. No, no, no. It's so exciting to be there because, I mean, if you get tickets into the shows, that's like the who's who, right? Mm. Of of Hollywood all there in the tents at Bryant Park. So it's really exciting to like see what they're wearing. Who are they talking to? Who are they sitting next to? Who's on their phone the whole time? I don't know. I mean, I love that stuff. Um, but, but yeah, I mean, if you, if you're not into fashion and that's your assignment, it would suck, I would think. <laughs> but it's actually crazy how much work goes into these fashion shows because they're only about 10 minutes, you know, it's just, yeah, it's, not so a fast. it's, t- it's a 10 minute show. So 
all this work goes into 10 minutes, and then if Anna Wintour's there, soon as, like, they're done, Anna Wintour races out of the show. She's the first one out. I guess that's her thing. She just, like, is there and then bounces right away, and she's just, like, the royalty But I was going to say, if you're the queen of Fashion Week, you're allowed to do that. Everyone's going to be like, yeah, get out of here, because you you run Fashion Week, essentially, right? Like, it's what she says or what she posts yeah. that kind of is the next big fashion. <sighs> She must have a secret exit, though. She does miraculously disappear quite quickly afterward. What's crazy to me, and Adam, I'm, you've probably seen it now that I've scrolled through your Instagram, is people that claim to be there for Fashion Week but have no actual purpose in being there, but they're just there to like take photos of themselves in New York City. They're like, Fashion Week. And I'm like, well, what are you? What do you do? Are you even going to the shows? Or are you just posing in your outfit? It's the entire thing. It's it's like outside the fashion show is a fashion show and people just trying to get photographed and then the people just take photos of them and they love the attention. It's just like nobody knows what's going on. It's like organized chaos and yeah. it's it's surreal. It's hysterical. I mean, it's fun in some ways. I go just to kind of mess around. Uh, I, you know, I don't even think, you know, again, or you might know better than me. I don't think the styles or stuff you could even buy. They're just kind of showing <laughs> off the trends. Yeah, so totally. I just understand it. And then it's just like these fashion people that kiss on both cheeks, just running around everywhere. Like, oh, I'll see you in France. I'll see you. Are you going for French? <laughs> Every fucking conversation. But I mean, listen, I'm wearing a gym. I'm wearing mesh shorts and a fucking t-shirt that they shot out of a cannon of a Knicks game. And <laughs> so I am totally, I look like a boys and girls club kid who's just lost. <laughs> I look like a wish foundation kid that was just brought there by some model. So Maybe you could start a trend. Maybe, you know, that might be up and coming. <laughs> they could mistake you for the next big thing. I, it could be. It really, it really could be. So what's going on you? you well, know, so I, I feel like I, I, I should give uh, Lauren a better intro because, uh, you know, for people that maybe the name doesn't ring a bell right away, Lauren was a huge reporter here in L.A. on Fox 11. That's how I got to know Lauren. That's right. And then uh, we had met. You came into TMZ once. I met you there. And then um, I also know you from KBC, hosting right. Dr. Drew. Um, and then your name, obviously, is very synonymous with the Weinstein case. Right. So, I mean, that I think that's how your name made really, like, international news for, for <laughs> quite a long time. Uh, but I just, you know, because I feel like... Your name, people are going to be like, I know that. Where do I know her name from? So there you go. There's a little bit. I mean, yeah, if they don't live in L.A., then I'd be shocked if they knew my name. But but yes, I mean, I think um, all of those things are true. My favorite story, though, when I met you, Dax, and I don't know if you want me telling the story, but oh, God. I was working at Fox 11 and I was like getting bored. I just I wanted to do something else. And so I I. I had like a trial run at TMZ while you were there. Well, but, I, I didn't want it. So that's why I was going to say, I'm like, you were at TMZ, but I didn't know if you wanted people to know yeah, that you were going out yeah. for a job at TMZ. So I it's left that out. But story. if you're it's down good, for it. But that's what I was say. You were at TMZ. What did you do at TMZ? So, so I was like, I want to be on TMZ. Like they're like, we steal all the news from them anyway. So I want to be, you know, at the top of the game. And so, um, I talked to Adam and he's like, well, the only thing we have open right now is in the sports department, but you know, you'll, you'll pick it up. It's no big deal. And I was like, okay, I don't like sports is actually a foreign language to me. It's probably the only thing that I don't know at all. And so when I started working there and he started assigning me stories like on a two week trial period, 
I would literally have to Google every single person. <laughs> like, I had no idea what they played or who they are. And it was just, it was so slow and arduous for me to turn anything in. And he was like, this is probably not going to work out. I, I remember going over that at one point. I'm like, number one, what are you doing here? <laughs> number two, um, I don't think this is the right fit for you. Um, I would suggest you stick in with Fox because you're very yeah. good over there. You get a lot of camera time. You're a big name on that channel. So... I would I would keep that up was my that recommendation. Was your advice. That was your advice. Yeah. You literally were like, what the hell are you doing here? <laughs> you're you're already on TV on Fox Eleven. Like, what are you doing here? I'm like, it it's it's hard because that room, like people don't understand, like in that room, it, it takes a bit to like actually make the show. Like you, you don't just oh, yeah. like come in and you're like on the show immediately. Some people, yes, they they did get that opportunity. But for most people, like you have to work to be on the show. And then there's the kind of dynamic of like the people that have been there for a long time. So if you start stealing their stories, you oh, might yeah. get a, kind of a cold shoulder. And so that's kind of why I was like, no, you, you don't want this. Like you, <laughs> you have a great gig going. I, I would suggest you keep that up. The other thing that I have so much respect for now is how hard you guys all work over there. Like people think it's just a fun show where you're just like bouncing around the newsroom and chitty chatting about celebs. No, those people are working their asses off like 12, 15 hours a day breaking stories and they're just churning out content at a, at a pace I've never seen in any newsroom before. Yeah, it is no joke over there. So it's, yeah, it's, uh, it's. That's how it works. I mean, it's especially those hours. It's uh, it's crazy not, hours. It's not. I mean, I wouldn't. I don't want to say it's not fun, but it's uh, it's a it's whole. Work. Different, it's definitely it's, work. It's it's a whole different thing once the show's over. You know, the the whole tone of the room just changes once definitely. the cameras go off. The cameras go down. The whole everything. It's a it's a factory. That's really what it is. It's a factory. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I mean, I'm so glad that I even got a sneak peek, but I'm also glad that <laughs> I followed Dax's advice. Worst <laughs> thing you could have done. I, yeah. I would even tell you, like, what do you? If anybody would go there, I'm like, what are you doing? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, and then and then you went back, and I, I, you know, and then yeah, I saw you just killing it on on, on Fox, and I know that. Things got a little weird during the Weinstein thing. You came yeah. out and you were very honest with your past and uh, everything that, you know, you say happened with him. And and did do you feel like that affected your career, though, right? That affected your time at Fox. Um, I think so, yeah. I mean, it was a really weird time when that Weinstein thing broke. And I'm sure you guys remember this. You, know. you, were, you were the first, though, right? No, I, that New York Times story came out with um, Ashley Judd and Rose McGowan, and and I had my own story. So when that story came out, I was like, oh, finally, finally someone's coming forward. Because I knew that guy was like a dirtbag just based on my interaction with him. So I was like so happy to see women that were coming forward and they were really brave for actually putting their names to this. And I was so impressed by it. And I went to my producers and my boss and I was basically, you know, I have this crazy Harvey Weinstein story too. And they were like, no, nah, we got like Ed Lasko's on it. It's fine. It's a one day story. I'm like, mm, you sure? And that's kind of the attitude going in. And so um, people actually, I had told this story so many times over the 10 years that people actually started reaching out to me, like a friend of a friend was a journalist. And he's like, I heard you have a crazy Harvey Weinstein story too. Do you want to talk about it? And I didn't know what to do. And I was asking my boss, like, should I talk to these news outlets and... 
I don't know. It got really weird. Um, I wasn't getting any answers from Fox. So so I spoke to some journalists about it. Um, and I just told the truth of what happened to me more in the way to just validate the other women that had come out by saying, like, they're definitely not lying. This is the type of behavior this guy has. Um, and, you know, one thing led to another for him and all of Hollywood. But also, I guess in some way, Fox was angry that I told the story somewhere else and they didn't want to. But have you, me tell it on their air. For do you feel reason. like maybe they felt silly that they didn't pick up on the story right away and they were almost <laughs> trying to cover it up and then when it got too big, then they felt stupid that they didn't have their own reporter talking about it on their own airwaves? They should, yeah. I mean, that's what happened. It was really ridiculous that I was on all these other channels talking about it and I was I was prevented from talking about it on, on Fox. And they, you know, instead of having me on as, a, a source on this story because I work for the channel. They literally would have like a graphic made of all the women <laughs> that came out against Weinstein and they would have my picture on it and it just says reporter. <laughs> no, like, they didn't even put your I name. I work there. Yeah, it was so silly. Um, and I couldn't figure out what was going on there. And the only answer I got, which was through the grapevine, was that Fox was worried about their own sexual harassment cases at the big network. And so they didn't want to give too much credence to someone who worked at Fox who was also making claims even though it was someone else and it had nothing to do with my job. I don't know. It was it was all crazy and weird, but it was weird. And I remember cuz I remember the turning on other channel like you you were in New York on like Good Morning America or Today Show or yeah. something, right? I I remember turning on I'm like, "Dang, she is everywhere." everywhere. I know. It was a lot. It was a lot. And after that, I kind of just left the country cuz I was getting so much I just felt like really overexposed. I didn't want to be telling this story for the rest of my life. It's gross. And I don't want this to be the thing that comes up when I Google you. you. Yeah, no, that makes yeah. sense. I mean, I got to yeah. imagine, especially if you're saying it on such a public platform, then you start to like, you know, people's perceptions, they, they, they want to ask you questions about it, and you're like, dude, this is this was one yeah. part of my life. And I want to talk about it and then move the hell on. Yeah. Interesting. Well, yeah, I'm, you know, it's one of those, like, again, this wasn't like a, um, I didn't feel like a victim. Like, I never asked for money. I was never part of any of the suits. No, because I just, I literally just wanted to people to know that he actually did this and he probably did all the other things. But, um, but, but I had told the story a million times to a million people, you know, it was one of these like, oh my God, I have this crazy Harvey Weinstein story. And it wasn't something that like tortured me throughout my life, but now, yeah, now it's kind of an albatross around my neck. <laughs> how, how do you think your story compares to some of the other people's stories? You know, when you know you heard everyone else's stories, how do you think yours compares? Different or similar? Everybody has their own their own story. I I mean, I think that I'm one of the least affected because. Um, I wasn't working for him. I wasn't trying to get a job from him. I didn't need anything from him. So he didn't really have a lot of leverage with me. It was just a really scary, awkward encounter I had with him. Whereas some of these women, well, some of them were, you know, raped, allegedly. Um, and some of them completely, you know, lost their dreams to work in Hollywood. They just, he destroyed their careers. He destroyed their um, their feeling of safety with other Hollywood executives and directors and people like that. Um, he did so much damage and keep in mind, this was like 30 years this was going on. So when, um, they once had an event where like all of the Weinstein women came together and the, the range in age was like 22 years old to 64 years old, which is crazy. Jesus. 
I, I mean, I've told Dax, I've told you this story, but I used to see Harvey Weinstein all the time. Like his office was in New York on right next to the Greenwich Hotel. Yeah. So always, you know, as a paparazzi for myself, I was always outside kind of hanging out, getting breakfast outside the Greenwich Hotel. And his office was right next door. Tons of the biggest celebrities in the world are always at the Greenwich Hotel. Harvey, I would always see outside the hotel, always talking to a young woman, you know, different women all the time, young actresses, maybe a model somehow talking about movies and stuff. And as a joke, and I would do it for myself, and I felt like his wingman in some way. And I don't want to seem like I'm like I was condoning by any means, but I was just some young guy just fucking around because I just didn't know any better. I would walk up to Harvey, and I did this probably about twenty something times. I'd go, "Sorry, I don't mean." And Harvey Weinstein would be talking to some young woman outside, and I'd say, "I'm sorry, I not I don't want to interrupt, but Mr. Weinstein, I just want to say thank you so much for the films you do. You inspire <laughs> me. You 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 make such great cinema that you make." You've, you inspired me so much to get into the film industry. I just want to say thank you so much. Thank you, sir. Thank you for what you do. And he turned into the nicest guy. Like, thank you. No, thank you. And I would try to make him look so good in front of these women. And then I would just walk away. But I would do it for a joke just for myself. And then I look back. I'm like, dude, I was just helping this guy out or teeing him up in some sort of way. But I was just fucking around just literally just – and I, I'm telling you, I did this probably about 20-something times over the years. And he never realized who I was. He never realized was like <laughs> – he never paid attention. Like, wasn't the same guy who did it last week? Wasn't the same guy who did it like two days ago? And <laughs> it's so stupid that this guy would not remember. And I was just totally trolling him. But I don't know. It was well, just- you should have been going up to the women and being like, blink if you need help. <laughs> like, right. Is, are you, are you here voluntarily? Up. Run, woman, run. Right. Like, you should have been Dax when I came to TMZ and told (laughs) told them to run for their lives. But it's crazy because we all knew this was going on for years, but we just let it happen. Am I right? Like, I feel like if you're... Yeah, no, that was like the worst secret in Hollywood. When I came here, people were like, oh, that makes sense. That sounds like Harvey. Like, whenever I told this story, no one was ever like, did you call the police? Like, that never was the response. why was that? Why was stuff like this so acceptable? Like, I don't understand that. It's like... They were just so freaking powerful that people like said, "Okay, well, that that's Harvey being Harvey, not like that's a a fucked up person and they need to be removed from power." It's pretty nuts. He was just so powerful, you know. He was so powerful and untouchable, and he was a bully. Men were, you know, intimidated by him. Um, yeah, it just went on for such a long time. So. Hopefully, if nothing else, at least women will feel a little better about being like, no, I'm not going to take an evening meeting at your hotel room, you know, like, or maybe men will be like, maybe I should put clothing on instead of wear a bathrobe. Will we ever hear from people that actually did, you know, fool around with them per se for a role or has that came out at all? I mean, there are people. I know there are people that have not come forward that that did get roles and you know, they're, Dude, they're I'm not sure, proud of it. I'm sure if if we're hearing the negative cases, I'm sure there's a lot of people out there that had a positive effect of being with Harvey and now sure. are the biggest actresses on the planet. And they're never going to say that because they're like, listen, I I did some questionable things, but I'm here and I'm not going to talk about it now. Right. I'm sure there's plenty of those people out there. But you remember like last year, two years ago, I guess now. There was a time where you had to come down with an opinion on this. Like yep. every celebrity was asked everywhere. And if they said nothing, it was like, you're part of the problem. Yep. It was like forcing you into choosing a side when yeah. I, I think there's probably people out there that are like, listen, not everyone's past is amazing. Um, and they've made bad choices. And if 
they voluntarily hooked up with Harvey Weinstein, you know, and it wasn't a rape or wasn't anything else like that, but they probably regret it. But if it benefited them in some way, maybe they don't feel as bad. You know what I'm, I don't know. Or maybe there were a lot of male actors that only had pleasant interactions with him and, you know, only benefited from their relationship with him. And they, you know, they either didn't want to speak out against him or didn't want to say anything. And even they were attacked for not saying anything. But that wasn't even their experience. That's why I have so much respect for Brad Pitt, who during the height of his career spoke up for him. You know, Brad Pitt's the fucking man. And when you hear that story that Gwyneth Paltrow said, I think on Stern, about how he basically said, don't fuck, you know, again, I don't want to be. Don't ever touch her. Don't ever touch her or something. And he stood up to Harvey Weinstein when he's the biggest celebrity in the world. And this guy was still as, you know, he was the most powerful guy in Hollywood at that time. Props to Brad Pitt for being a fucking man. And. He hasn't even really spoken about it. You know, he's just kind of been quiet about it. He's like, I did it. He never spoke about it when it happened. He just kind of just went with his life, just kind of went about life. Fucking Brad Pitt. What a fucking man. Totally. <laughs> God, your man crush is just on high today. Damn. What's about a time in Hollywood? Did you see that movie? I, I mean, if like, you don't walk out of that movie without a crush on Brad Pitt, you're dead inside. <laughs> <laughs> he's a fucking man. He's so, he's so cool in that And movie. by the way, you guys, if you want to OD on Brad Pitt, I just saw Ad Astra last night. It's just two, yes. It's like two hours of like gazing into Bradley's eyes. I swear to God. (laughs) Do you you think he's taking something like some Botox? Do you think he's doing some sort of surgery? How does he look so? But he doesn't, he doesn't look fake or weird. I mean, he still has like creases. He looks like a normal man, but not of that age. He just looks amazing. Like he's got a chiseled jaw. He's got like, he has all the right aging for someone who's maybe 42, maybe. Yeah, he's just cool. Like, he's just, I don't know what he does. We don't see what kind of, like, the guys, the people he hangs with, what he does now that he's single. Like, does he, obviously he doesn't drink anymore. He just said that he goes to AA. But, like, what does he do when he's not working? Like, when he's not with his kids, what does a guy like Brad Pitt just do? I mean, That's women, true. I would assume. <laughs> if I had to take I a think, stab at it. I kind of have an opposite. I think he has a very lonely life, you guys. What? I, I do. Like, you know, if you read that article about after Angie, like, basically divorce him he sounded so sad and just distraught and like i'm not around my kids i don't have my wife anymore like it sounded like his life is not glorious like everyone imagines and he's like at home reading by himself and like not living this you know movie actor life that everyone would imagine I mean, any woman who listens to this podcast is now going to hit him up and be like, I will keep you company, Brad. I will fix you dinner and read to you. As Lauren has her phone down there and she's texting him. Yeah. <laughs> Literally on the other line with his so, agent. You've been living in Hollywood or L.A. for how long now? Uh, eight years. Eight, eight years. Do you enjoy it? Is it is it cool to you still? Does, are you immune to it? How ridiculous it is or what? It took me a minute. I mean, it took me a while to get used to it. When I first moved here, when I first, you know, when everybody first moves here, it's like, oh my God, the weather is amazing. And, you know, it's exciting and it's Hollywood and all of that. But then that wears off really quickly and you're stuck in traffic all the time. Mm-hmm. And the biggest thing for me, moving from New York City, I was like, am I getting stupider living here? Like, I just felt the <laughs> level of discourse here was was just so superficial. I mean, it's like a one horse town. Like if you're not in the entertainment business, people have nothing to say to you. Um, so I was worried about that. But once you like cultivate your own group of friends and you, you find people that either aren't in the business or do other things or have other interests, then I was okay. Or but there you was just like accept the dumbness and move it. forward. 
Yeah, I'm just like, I'm a stupid person now. And that's, <laughs> that's fine because it's sunny out. <laughs> do, you, uh, do you run into celebrities often because you're in L.A.? Or are you immune to it? Or it's just like, oh, there's just some random fucking – there's Dan Corsett or something like that. Or you just kind of – Who's Dan Corsett? Dan Corsett. Remember Dan, Dan Corsese or whatever his name is? Cortese? The guy who hosted that show? The old MTV VJ? Yeah, yeah. Dan Cortese, I think his name is. Do you run into Dan him? Cortez. Dan Cortez. Dan Cortez, yeah. Dan Cortez. Dan Cortez. No, I mean, me and Dan Cortez have coffee every Thursday, and we talk about the old MTV day. No, I don't. <laughs> you guys talk about who should have won in rock and jock basketball? <laughs> <laughs> How the summer beach house was. Right. I love it. But do you? I, I, here's the thing: is I'm a New, I'm I'm an East Coast guy. I'm in New York now. Yeah. You know, I feel like in LA, especially you, who people know who you are. You're around that scene in some ways. You have celebrity friends. Do you kind of just run into celebrities often in LA? I think that's what people have the interpret. That's what people think of LA. Well, in my regular life, um, n- you know, you run into the odd bird here and there maybe you see someone hiking or you see someone getting coffee and and if I'm in my regular life no one knows who I am um but when I'm like hyper aware of who's who and where's where is when like I have people visiting from New York like family in town or friends in town they all want celebrity sightings so I have my like core five joints that I take people to where I know they'll run into somebody so which, yeah. would, which would be those would it be like oh, are we gonna spill it here okay do you want to oh, guess let me why guess. don't you guess yes. you guys love to guess Okay, so I'm guessing Craig's for sure, right? 100%, yeah. Okay, so Craig's. Um... Comedy store. Oh, that's a good one, actually. I do take them to the comedy store, yeah, because that's, that's good for, like, drop drop by um, big comedy. It's like the, the seller, right? For yeah, yeah, yeah. Now, would, would these places all be food joints or other locations? Um, mostly Mostly food joints. Yeah. How about like Redo? Redo is cl- shut down. <laughs> it's not shut down. Yeah, it is. It's not open anymore. The one across from the Improv. I was. Uh, isn't there another one like uh, Santa Monica or something like that? Oh, I don't know if there's another one. Okay. Okay. So well, apparently right. it's not Redo. Okay. Redo so is not Red- where we're oh, all well. going. I heard a lot of celebrities go to Planet Hollywood. Is that true? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right there DJI on Hollywood Boulevard. <laughs> Boulevard. Um, hold on. Uh, what about? Soho House. Um, Soho House is good. Yeah. I feel like Soho House good. is overrated. I but never see any There's a lot of there. just British people that may or may not be famous in the UK. Okay. Um, what about... Uh, Boa, I feel like, has died off, so it can't be Boa, right? No. Uh, what about... Oh! Giorgio Baldi. Yes. Yes. For lunch, though. For Catch. lunch. Not for dinner. Well, Rihanna's there for dinner, like, every other night. Well, she's the only one. <laughs> no, I feel like all the power players go in for lunch. Okay. But maybe they do go for dinner too. There's there's a lot of lunch spots that are usually guaranteed um, just for like work meetings. And so you run into people there. Okay. I'm trying to think if there's any catch. No, not catch. What is the one that's a, a new one that's really hard to get into? It starts with an nope, O. Um, uh, shoot. It's like, ortho. Uh, I forget. It's apparently it's like super hard to get into, and now I can't remember the name of it. Okay, so next. Is it a private club? It's down in Hollywood. It's like across from like where Katsuya in Hollywood used to be, or where oh. it is, and it's like across the street. Uh, I don't remember. 
Oh, I'm going to have to dig these, dig around. For okay, so later. what what are your top spots? How about that? <laughs> well, definitely Craig's. I mean, you, you can tell anywhere that has paparazzi, obviously, is going to have a bunch of names in there. Um, the Chateau is always Chateau. a good one. Chateau, I, for, I forgot about Chateau. Chateau, yeah. Chateau. And the great thing about Chateau is if you go there, I mean, during the day, there's always people having meetings there, and you can definitely see some celebs. But at night is when... Um, People like let their hair down there, like almost as if it was a private club. Like they get really drunk and messed up. And if you go into the smokers back room at Chateau at night, that, my friend, is the 50 most interesting feet in Hollywood. Really? All right, Adam, next time you're in L.A., we're grabbing Lauren. We're going to the smoker room. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, if you don't smoke, just take it up for that night because – all the celebrities are back there smoking together. And so you get these crazy, you know, conversations that you just kind of walk in on and can listen to because you're standing there having a cigarette. So that's really the only time I smoke. <laughs> I remember I ran into Mary-Kate and Ashley Olsen there once. No! And, and I was like, I, I have been such, like, a crazy fan of them, mostly because of the bizarre factor of them. Like, totally. the... They're, they're, you just don't know much about them, but they're, like, so crazy famous and they're so rich that I, f- I find them interesting. And I used to have this talent back in my old TMZ days where I could I could tell them apart in pictures and no one else could. <laughs> and it was always a game. Someone would show me a picture and be like, Mary-Kate, Ashley, Mary-Kate. Like, it, it was, wow. And I was really good at it. So I ran into them there. I was like, holy fucking shit. Like Mary-Kate and Ashley Olsen at the Chateau Marmont. And did you show off your talent to them in person? <laughs> <laughs> I was like, Google any photo, go. And- <laughs> And I think I saw Shannon Doherty there. I'm trying to think who else I've oh, like God. randomly ran into at that place. But you're right. That is a great location. Anytime Gaga comes to town, she basically would stay there. I guess now she has her house in Malibu. But she yeah, remember Lindsay like time. took up residence there mm-hmm. for like a year. So true. Yeah. Uh, I, anywhere else? Did I ever tell you I was hooked up with Mary Kate Olsen? What? Like what? Yeah. <laughs> years ago. We... Well, I did hook up with her. You know, I was freaking Wait, out. Are you sure it was her and not Ashley? No, definitely Mary Kate. I went for the the not as cute one. And uh, <laughs> I, uh, I, 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 I'm trying to play. And I'm here. I'm hooking up with like Michelle Tanner from Full House, right? And we get to that point, like I ask her if I should get a condom, right? And she's like, "You got it, dude." And then I um shut up, get out of here. What? You're so bullshit. <laughs> and then I put shit. my in her butt, and she's like, "How rude." And, <laughs> Uh, is what Michelle says on Full House? <laughs> it's a Full House joke. No, I, I did. I, I, I actually, I met them at a bar, Mary Kate, and her, I was talking to her all night at some bar. And basically, I was trying to make a move. This is like over ten years ago, and her friend wouldn't allow her to hook up with me. She, her friend's like, "You are not hooking up with this guy. This guy looks like he sells Molly. You're not hooking up with this guy." Did you have that yeah. lotion on your face, so she thought you were all just like sweaty and on I was drugs? Like, I'm not a, I'm not a member of Equinox, but I will be soon. Watch, I'm gonna make it. And uh, they, uh, they just wanted not, her friend just would not allow her to meet with me or hook up with me. So, well, that's but did you sell any Molly? That's a good friend right there. <laughs> no. It was so fucking shady. East Village, New York City, ten years wow. ago. Wow. Um, no. Do you have like a crazy celebrity encounter? Like, like your coolest? What was like your coolest celebrity interaction? My coolest celebrity interaction. Um, God, I've had so many not cool ones. Uh, coolest. Well, okay. The other night at Chateau Marmont, 
back in the smoking room. I was with a bunch of girlfriends, like five of us. They all smoked. I didn't, but I was bored and I went back there. And they're sitting at a table with Dave Chappelle. And they're just hanging out with him for like three hours. And he's telling us stories and just ordering his drinks back there. And he was delightful on every level. Lovely, entertaining. I mean, yeah, you couldn't pay for that kind of entertainment. That was... That sounds like that sounds like the ideal night right there. Dave Chappelle alone, like in a small room, like that sounds like it'd be so fun, so full of laughs. Who's like the most famous person you've ever met? The most famous person I ever met. Um, I mean, the both presidents, maybe. Um, Not this current one. You met Obama. (laughs) I met Obama and I met um, Clinton. How was Obama? Oh, actually, I did meet George Bush too, but I didn't. I didn't interview him or anything. I just, I just met him briefly. Uh, Obama's amazing. I mean, it was like in a group. You know, I was like at one of his stump speeches or something. But he was, he's just unbelievably charming and smooth, and he's everything you think he would be in real life. Yeah. And how about Clinton? Clinton was too. He was really, really smooth. I was um, graduating college, and for whatever reason, I was picked to perform in this like inaugural performance like when they have the big inaugural performance so we were like the class of 2000 so we were building a bridge to 2000 which was his like campaign speech but he came backstage and like met with every one of us and this was like obviously before Monica Lewinsky so he was still just like oh it's President Clinton and he's so nice and he was so nice to all the girls and now like in retrospect makes sense but but he was really smooth and charming um had a big smile shook everybody's hand I mean I have nothing bad to say about him Adam, F. Mary Kill, Obama, Clinton, and Bush. Oh, good one. Oh, man, F. Mary Kill. I mean, I'm, uh, I would, oh, man. That's a tough one. I'll tell you what, I think I'd, this is going to sound crazy. I think I'd marry George W. Bush because, he, <laughs> not politically, but he was he's a funny guy. Like, he's, he's a charismatic, cool guy. Like, he's he seems like he's silly, he's fun, he gets the joke. Uh so then it becomes to the marry or kill. I'd probably, I'm, I'm sorry, then it comes to the, the fuck or the kill. I'd probably fuck Obama because he's younger. <laughs> interesting logic, but. Okay. Yeah. You know, that, or I don't so know. You're, you're killing off Clinton? I, really? I guess I kill Clinton because he's just older, man. It's going to be hard to get excited by that. Oh, my God. I, I love that the other you, way. I love that you see yourself growing old with George Bush. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, you, really. you look good in Texas, dude. You'd fit in really well out there. <laughs> I, I, what would you? Yeah, I don't know, but I tell you what, I've met Clint and I've met George W. I've never met Obama, but every time I've met uh, Bush, is kind of funny. He, like he's a funny guy, and Clint's always been cool. I actually could have saw Clinton yesterday, but what they say is like Clinton will actually walk up towards you and just like say hi, give you his time. Like he's like a a very nice guy, whereas Obama. I've heard stories about Obama not being the nicest guy. Like when the cameras are on, he's nice. But other than that, like he's not. I, I, I'm curious if Obama will ever be turned will be the guy that when he comes out of a building, he'll stop and shake everyone's hand. Clinton does that. Yeah, but yeah, Obama that's a good point. That because he's such a new president. That's a really good point. I have a question for you guys because you are in such a unique line of work. Do you have you ever come up to a celebrity and confuse them for someone else? Oh, I bet Adam has. Adam, Adam is has way more interactions with celebrities than I have. I did that actually the other day. I thought this guy was Russell Simmons, and this guy must have get it gets it all the time because he's like, dude, I'm not Russell Simmons. 
And it turns out he was the <laughs> old president of Def Jam. So he, I mean, he was sort of in the same room, but he's not Russell Simmons. So, uh, but I haven't had too many bad experiences with that. I'm pretty good as far as spotting celebrities. That's what makes me good at what I do. I'm able to spot a celebrity in two seconds. Yeah, you have to be able to, right? You have to be good. Sense. That's why being in the city on the weekends is very hard for me because I can't turn it off. And because I'm always looking at people's faces. <laughs> try, like to me, it's a game. I love spotting celebrities. Like it's just – it's just what I do. It's like a, it's literally a sport to me. I just enjoy it. And well, I'm also and if you're on the phone with him, like at any given time, like I'll be talking, we'll be chatting about the podcast or whatever. I would say three or four times during our conversation, he's always like, "Oh wait, wait I got so, Russell Simmons just walked out of the building." Okay, and then he comes back and he's like, "Oh my God, there's Howard Stern. I gotta I, 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 give me one second. I gotta talk to Howard Stern." And then like two seconds later, "Oh, I, I, I gotta run over. Oprah just walked out." I'm like, "How oh do you God. notice all these people? Like, it's amazing." It's so totally. weird to the podcast, and I had to run off during the podcast. I was like, oh, that, oh, I'm sorry. I just interviewed someone while during the podcast. Like, it's just. <laughs> See, that's so a bonus weird. for your listeners. Have you had any, have you seen crazy paparazzi experiences in L.A.? Yeah. I mean, anytime the Kardashians are anywhere, you can tell immediately because there is, like, triple the amount of paparazzi. I used to date a a paparazzi um, a couple years ago, and he used to have such good stories, and he hates when I tell people that 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 that's what he did. I don't know if he wants to like keep his cover or what, but, um, but yeah, he would, he would tell me what I found most shocking about paparazzi is, um, besides the guys you see on the corner and outside Craig's and all that stuff is the setups is that celebrities want you to show up places that they know they look good and they know they'll look good being at like a children's park with their kids or whatever. And he was like, Oh yeah, I made most of my money doing those kinds of setups. And I was like, what? What I see in Us Weekly isn't the truth? <laughs> like You didn't right. just catch them like that? Yeah, that was always bananas to me. It's Well, you know, it's interesting. And I don't, Dax, I didn't tell you this. I just got a crazy video of a celebrity recently. And it wasn't me. Someone gave it to me. And I don't want to really be involved. So I gave it to an agency. The agency is, went to the celebrity's agent said, listen, would you like to buy? They gave them the first look to buy the video. Is that but, normal? Well, it comes up quite often. And that happened, and apparently, I didn't know that. It happens all the time where when there's stuff like that happens, the agencies approach the celebrity's representation first and say, listen, we have this stuff. We're going to put, you know, this, we, we could find someone potentially to buy this. We're giving you first dibs to basically purchase this. But it so, would have to be something that they either didn't want out, right? It, yes. Yeah, it's something they don't want out. And there could be potentially a lot of money to keep it hidden, I would say. And right. I, and I don't think it, I mean, this sounds very blackmailish, but it's not blackmail. It's just like, hey, this is going to go all around. Someone's going to buy this. Do you want to right. be the one that buys it first? I think it's actually polite. Yeah. You know, but some people could find that to be very shady and bullshit and dirty. But I, I do. I think it's a good thing. You know, I didn't think that was a, a happens, but apparently what the agency told me is that happens all the time in Hollywood. But I think everyone already knows about, people are starting to become more and more aware of these sure. set of apps with, public, with paparazzi, especially, and as you said, you know, it's, let me ask you this, Lord. is the food at Craig's that good? <laughs> I mean, I love their vegan menu. I'm not even vegan, but that, that vegan lasagna they make, it tastes like it has meat in it. It's so good. But other than that, I couldn't tell you one thing that they serve there. Is it that good? Because if you're a celebrity, you go there, you want to be seen. You know the paparazzi is going to be there. There's other restaurants in Hollywood 
that nobody would bother you at, but people still choose to go there. Yeah. You know, for the food, is it for to be seen? Of course it's for to be seen. Of course it's like we were talking earlier about um, a celebrity that like if he's in the doghouse with his girlfriend, he'll take her to Craig's because they'll get photographed going in, they'll get photographed going out, you know, those the shots will be everywhere and it's like throwing her a bone. Like, here's a little fame for you for putting up with me. Well, I was going to say like, do you remember the the Ivy? That used to be oh, like that the, to be the hottest spot because there was always paparazzi because you could you sit outside. So outside. the whole meal is hot- basically photographed and that that food is disgusting. Gross. So gross, but it was a hot spot, so people would go just to be seen. What happened? How did it drop off and become ice cold so quickly? I like now, know. it's just a because bunch of tourists there. I would say Robertson just isn't the hot place anymore. Yeah. Like that used to be when you had all those stores on Robertson, and Kitson was there, and it was like the Paris Hilton, Nicole Richie time. They were the ones taking the paparazzi essentially to. Robertson and it made it the coolest place in LA now it's I don't see anyone there anymore no and that's why all the stores are going out (laughs) there's no one there that's so important yeah see look it affects our entire economy this (laughs) (laughs) who is the biggest celebrity you have in your phone in my phone um I you know what I'm planning a birthday party for someone who who's in the business. So I had to get a bunch of contact numbers to plan that party. So there are a few A-listers now roaming in my phone, which I'm, do, I'm pretty proud of. Do you need other guests to show up to this A-list filled birthday party? <laughs> I mean, there might be some paparazzi outside. What about I, I fun friends list. inside? <laughs> yeah, no, you guys, you guys are both welcome. Dax could do balloon animals. I do. Uh... <laughs> you have a magic trick? Yeah, yeah. Sir. <laughs> uh, I I can I can learn some. I I will I will blend in. Have no fear. I like hanging around a listers. So let's do this. Uh, and for, no, I, I can see I, my, I can no, see my ahead, probation ahead. officer allow me to do the daycare for the kids. So uh, <laughs> by the way, speaking of a listers, I just saw you the other night on Spade Show. Yeah, you, you've been doing that quite often. Yeah. No, I think um, I did a few of his like. Um, like rehearsal shows like before they actually aired so and i know a couple people that work on the shows like bobby who adam knows too yeah, bobby, a bunch yeah. of his a bunch of his like bonehead arizona friends are always <laughs> hanging around um but spade is you know spade and i have been friends for a while and he said you should come do this show and i i'm not a stand-up comedian i mean i've been working in news my entire life but i have done a bunch of panel shows he's like well you've done panel shows like you'll be fine but doing a panel show with like three hugely popular, very successful comedians is a lot different than doing a panel show with like a security advisor analyst and like a democratic <laughs> strategist. Like they all have, you know, huge ha-has that just like clear the room. And so I just, I spent most of the show laughing at least this time anyway. But did you, and the did show you great, enjoy though. it or did it just feel like too much pressure? No, so much fun. It's so much fun. I mean, there's just so much laughing that goes on there behind the scenes. His whole like writing staff, they're awesome. His producers are awesome. It just just seems like a really, really fun place to work. I'm actually jealous. You know what? It seems like the opposite of TMZ. That's possible. <laughs> Adam, I think you'd be good on that show. When are you gonna? I when are you gonna get on that should. show? Yeah. Uh, maybe I could be an intern on the show one day. You know, we'll see. <laughs> Things go well in my career. Maybe I could get an internship there. Do you get nervous when you do a show like that? No, 
I don't. No. You know when I get really nervous? Um, when I have to speak at schools in front of children, I get very, very nervous. Really? Like if they ask me to come in and speak to like the second grade class about like how TV works or how the news works, I, I shit my pants. I get so nervous. I'm nervous I'm going to say an F-bomb or something. I'm nervous that they're going to be like bored and want this to end. Like I, it's, it's, I get a panic attack from that. But like live TV, no. Fine. so funny well i guess you did do so much live tv in your career that it's like that's yeah. probably nothing but i would still say just something different for me always makes me nervous like if it's just a show yeah. that i haven't done well i guess you did the test show so that's also different but like no it was definitely out... different because i had to, i had to have a joke right i couldn't just yeah. give information out which is what i usually do i had to really have a joke so um yeah i mean i had a few things plan but you know nothing ever goes by plan on some of those shows so yeah you take a risk but isn't it exciting when you're doing something you've never done i like doing new shows and i feel like i'm super nervous up until the point where it just then it's going and then i forget about my nerves <laughs> totally and then it's like then i'm just in the moment but like waiting for it to start up i'm always like holy shit don't fuck this up dax yes right um, the reason actually i was gonna i was asking you about if you've ever mistaken anyone is because one of the most stressful jobs that I've done is red carpet coverage um, because I'm not necessarily an entertainment reporter. Like we all cover entertainment in LA, but there are people that are dedicated entertainment reporters. So they've seen every screener, they've seen all the shows. If you cover a red carpet and you do not have that background, it is very dangerous <laughs> because you could be like, ah, I know that guy. Oh, he's from uh, Breaking Bad. Like, hey, so-and-so, Breaking Bad. And he's like, no, that I get confused for Brian Cranston all the time. That's not me. And you're like, damn it. So you can burn a lot of bridges that way if you're well, not I was prepared. Say, the other part that you just don't know all details about every celebrity. Right. And asking them, a, like you're trying to ask personal stuff, but not too personal. But like bringing up a parent or something and getting that awkward red carpet moment when they're like, oh, my mom passed away two months ago or something like can exactly. really screw up your whole night. And totally. I think that's the hard part is like you want to be prepared, but you just can't be prepared for everything. And you have to be, you know, be able to ask all kinds of questions. And the thing that other people don't realize is like they see one interview and they're like, oh, that was a good interview. But you're trying to switch up questions for almost every single celebrity so that right. if you do happen to get five good interviews, it's not all about one same topic over and over and over again. There exactly. is a bit of an art form to the red carpet game. Total art form. And and like Adam, you know, you have to be able to spot people really well and really, really quickly and then shout their name like a maniac praying that their publicist will allow them to come up to you. I mean, it's it's a sporting event, really. Yeah. And it's really it's tough. Just, I, I think what I do is even harder than the red carpet because I'm oh, for sure. Them. No, it's hard. I'm, I'm fighting with 40 other dudes. I'm also trying to get their attention. It's not planned. They don't have their makeup on. They're not ready. Right. They don't know there. And sometimes I'll see a black Escalade pull up in front of some restaurant or some hotel. I don't know who's going to jump back out of the car, but I have to be ready and also be able to ask them something that's relatively newsworthy or something interesting or fun or funny or just engage in a good conversation with them. So it's, it's definitely like when I go on red carpets, honestly, I love it because I deal with so many people who not saying you guys, but I'm saying some people are so many shitty people on red carpets and also yeah. publicists who are terrible. And I'm just like, fuck you. And I just kind of bulldoze my way into getting to interview. It, to me, it's it's more fun because it's more. That's what it must be a day in the park for you, considering your day job. So there people are expected to be interviewed. They're expected to talk to people with cameras and you know them and 
No, I think I think Lauren, the biggest talent I think Adam has is literally coming up with questions out of thin air about uh, for someone he never knew was going to pop out. Like, watch this. You ready? All right, Adam, T-Pain just walked out the door. Go. T-Pain, listen, you have a great voice, T-Pain, but listen, nobody knows your real voice. Have you ever thought about doing like a children's book or using your voice on Waze? T-Pain, listen, <laughs> you and your wife have an open relationship. How does that work when you guys have an open relationship? You know, what are the rules when you guys have an open relationship? Oh, my God. See, amazing, you're so right? good at this. You're amazing. How is this skill not like – how are you not a billionaire? You, you have to figure out a better way to monetize it. <laughs> listen, I, if you only saw my shitty place on that right now, you would I mean, be- we can hear the ambulance circling. <laughs> 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 They're coming to pick me up too. What, what people uh, can't see, if you're listening, he's actually in just a box on the street in New York. <laughs> <laughs> I'm in a teepee right now in New York City. That's where I live. So it's uh, it's oh. brutal. But that's the thing is, you know. And again, the hardest part is not really the celebrities; it's the publicists who just become like the cock blockers. Yeah, you mean they cock? They stand over yeah. you. They want they want it to be a commercial for them, and it's just weird. It's awkward it feels like it's one thing that they could take the wrong way they're the gatekeepers in my relationships i try not to deal with the the, the publicist i try to deal with the celebrity themselves because right. if i went through the publicist i wouldn't get one interview but if i do with the celebrity and then they're like oh he was cool and that's what it's so many times the celebrity's like no he's cool he's my friend and they know i'm not trying to fuck them over because i'm not trying to listen you have no reason to worry about me unless you just killed your wife or husband or did something really fucked up then and that's way- when i come in <laughs> <laughs> that's when you come in that's that's your job me i just ask the bullshit questions get you right. talk 30 seconds so i could sell a video so it's uh it's a whole different ballpark it's but uh, it's so weird but the publicists in my opinion are becoming more and more less of a factor because they're becoming more and more of an irrelevant position Absolutely. because they can't control what's on the internet they can't control this stuff anymore so it's like they're being overpaid, number one. Number two, it's like, listen, if you don't want to – if they don't want to talk, I'm still going to put it out. Like it, they can't really be these great well, Donovan. I think been kind of social, anymore. social media killed a lot of the publicist's job. No longer does the, the celebrity have to go, here, give my quote to People Magazine. They go, right. I'm going to go on Twitter and I'm going to write exactly how I feel and everyone will pick it up. You know, exactly. there's no power in that anymore because the publicist used to say, I'll give this quote to People Magazine exclusively, so you have to come back to me if you want something from my celeb. And that power is, like, dissipating. No, they used to be gatekeepers, and they are no longer. I mean, I think the only reason you would hire a celebrity is if you don't have any celebrity status and you need to get yourself in some kind of magazines or something. But but if you have a personality and you have things to say, I mean, people go on social media all the time and just put it on blast. In fairness, though... A lot of people have destroyed their careers that way. Mm-hmm. So you might need a gatekeeper just to help you behave. So you don't become the next, uh, what was it, Roseanne Barr and ruin yes. your career off, off Twitter and Ambien? one tweet. Yeah, exactly. So, yeah, exactly. but the new thing this past week has been blaming it on saying, oh, like what Kristen Cavalieri and other people are doing, oh, I fired my intern who's working for me because they didn't write something good on my social media. So that's what they're, that's the new yeah, cover that's up new now. Excuse. Adam. Wait, when did she did she fire it after she posed a sexy photo for 9/11 yesterday? Yeah. Did you catch she that? She got rid of she fired the intern or the person who was working oh, for God. her after she po- after the 9/11 post. I'm like really someone else wrote that. That's you needed you needed to pay someone to write that. Come on. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Stupid. She's getting class credit. <laughs> <laughs> so Adam, tell me, correct me if I'm wrong. Has this not been like the fastest podcast we've ever taped 
we like, never I, the time time. the time flew by oh my god you're right we've been on here <laughs> like we normally do like a 40 minute podcast it's already been over 50 minutes and i feel like it just flew by well we wanted to do a six-part series just with her and uh, it's gonna be it's gonna be a trilogy of episodes pretty much we're just not just kidding uh <laughs> i am happy to contribute to this podcast whenever you two need me because not only are you two uh, both really handsome to stare at on that's, Skype. That's what I like to hear. Say it again louder so everyone hears you. <laughs> Two of the most handsome podcasters <laughs> I have ever had the opportunity of casting with. Is it a verb? Do we just say casting now? Casting. I um, like it. Uh, we're going to break that audio time. out. That's going to be the intro into our, our podcast <laughs> from here on forward. <laughs> lucky to have the only person in Hollywood without a podcast on our podcast. That's right. That's, I mean, things could change by the next time. You never know. But. You never know. It's, uh, I know you're looking for a new LinkedIn credit. So it's, uh, <laughs> you know, I know. I know. Having Harvey Weinstein masturbate in front of me wasn't a real resume builder. So <laughs> I might need something else. <laughs> Well, thank you so much, Lauren. It was really, we had a great time. At least I did. I, I, Adam, I, I hope you did as well. Stay um, safe out there, Adam. I'm trying. I'm trying. It's the weather. It's fashion week was tough, you know, but uh, I think I can make it through it. I think I'm going to keep battling it out. And we expect more videos of uh, what are you wearing? Who are you wearing? Fashion <laughs> forward, fashion backwards. Designer. Designer. <laughs> Designer. Fashion forward or fashion backwards. Uh, Lauren, so. where can people find you on social media? Um, I'm on Twitter at Lauren Savon, and then I'm on Instagram at Idiot Savon. Um, someone stole my name. Uh, but it's it's great content. More more of everything you see everywhere else. Love it. <laughs> well, thank you, Lauren. Thank you, Adam. And uh, we will see you guys next week. You can find Adam on at Adam Glenn on Twitter and Instagram and MySpace. What is yep. it? Facebook too? And of course, MySpace. Don't forget about my MySpace. <laughs> oh, right. Do <laughs> you know I got a friend request on MySpace the other day? I was like, what? I didn't realize I actually still had a MySpace. I got an email and it was like, friend request on MySpace. I'm like, first of all, congrats because you're the first friend <laughs> that I've had in 20 years. And number two, you're definitely making it into my top six. But did they move <laughs> over from Friendster? Yep. Is that yeah. how they found you? Yeah, Serious. <laughs> Classmates.com. <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys. Have a good one. Thank you. All right, All right guys. Thank, thank you. you.